beautiful morning for us to gather to sing the songs to the Lord. Father, we uplift your name. We praise you, Jesus. We let go of ourselves. We let go of the challenges and problems of yesteryear. And we behold you, Jesus. The word of God says, as we behold you, like in a glass, we are transformed. We are renewed. We are changed from glory to glory. He said, they look unto him and they were not ashamed, but their faces became radiant. Thank you, Lord, for your glory. Thank you, Lord, for your empowerment. What a beautiful name it is that is the name of Jesus. We exalt you, Lord. Lord, even as we read your word, as we discuss your word, Spirit of Truth, Holy Spirit, we invite you into this house. Take charge and take control. Be thou exalted, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. God is good. Hallelujah. And I want to thank um, our pastor, God's servant, for, and the leadership for the privilege to bring the word. Come on, let's appreciate them. There is a whole lot that goes on in the background. Hallelujah. And I'm so humbled to bring God's word to, to us. Um, welcome, beautiful sons and daughters of God. Uh, for those joining us uh, for the first time, whether online or here in person, uh, we have been going through uh, a series on relationship. And I think I will be uh, permitted to say we've been looking at this from last year, December, from the um, Bible study, the teaching team, Sunday school, even in the midweek service, looking at the gaps in relationships, gaps in marriages. And for this month as a church, we've been running with the anchor of the power of relationships. Hallelujah. And from the very start, we've looked at how we as individuals, as couples, as people who have friends, who have family, how we can win with God. Uh, because we know that one with God is a majority. Hallelujah. And last Sunday, we had a very wonderful word on marriage, uh, what marriage is. And I hope that you can share those um, clips, whether on Facebook or on the various streaming platforms with your friends, because they are so powerful, they are so rich. And we'll be concluding this um, month uh, by just really trying to recap what we've considered so far, uh, even as God brings his word to us. Amen. And the topic um, God has laid in my heart is building up. Hallelujah. Building up. Um, and a pastor have um, established it from the very start. Um, we were never created to be um, isolated entities. We are created to be relational. Um, we are created not to be independent of God, not to be independent of what God is doing. We are created for two types of relationship, the vertical and the horizontal relationship. And as a matter of fact, like Pastor said last Sunday, um, if you want to go fast, then you go alone. But if you want to go far in life, then you have to go together. Hallelujah. There is power when we um, promote and understand and appreciate the relationships in our lives. And even when you look at uh, Genesis, even when God has created the entire world, he said everything that God created was good. Hallelujah. But then he said... It is not good that this man should be alone. 
I will make him a helper that is comparable to him. And the truth of the matter is that even as we are sitting here, from your left to your right, east, north, and south, there are lots of helpers around us. Hallelujah. There are loads and loads of helpers around us. All we have to do is to see those helpers, see those people, people we see every day from the lenses of God's eyes. Hallelujah. And that's really what we want to establish today, that the center of life is about relationship. Life is all about relationship. We have never created to be isolated, even though uh, the world will want us to be, uh, to be isolated, to be lonely. Um, but it has to be intentional. Relationships is not built on feelings. It has to be a choice. Hallelujah. Um, even you say, oh, we got married by chance. Uh, good marriages may have occurred by chance, but great marriages occurs by choice. Hallelujah. It takes intention. It takes that commitment for that marriage to grow. It takes that commitment for even the relationships in your life uh, to grow. And that's really what God is bringing, is bringing to us, that even happiness is a choice. Hallelujah. The togetherness in the home is a choice. There has to be that intentionality about it. We have, you and I have to be committed to wanting to gradually, systematically put in the effort to accumulate, to enhance, to empower, to nurture one another. And that is what building up is all about. And even as we look at building up, we have to understand that we as humans, we are never created to be static. Hallelujah. Um, my father will always say, you're always on the move. No one is meant to be static. Even though we get married to our husbands and we get married to our wife, and in Africa they say, a full-time housewife or a, full, a full-time husband. Hallelujah. In other words, we try to compartmentalize. We try to put women in a box or wives in a box. Humans, by default, we are created to evolve. We are dynamic people. So even as we build that home, we have to be committed in making sure that we are contributing towards this evolving, towards this growth, towards this dynamic evolution. And as we look at our world, from climate change to pandemic, to Brexit, to Ukraine, to Russia, if there had been any time where we all as Christians have to be committed in making sure that relationships are well built, it is now. Hallelujah. And let's read the words of Jesus from John chapter 15, uh, verse 18 to 17, if you are able to read from the screen. This is to my Father's glory, John 15, from verse 8, that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. The verse 11 said, I have told you, This, so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. Complete. Highlight that word. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this. To lay down one's life for one's friend. You are my friends 
if you do what I command. Verse 15. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. Why? For everything that I have learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and be a fruit, that this fruit will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, you ask in the name of the Father, the Father will give it to you. This is my command, that you love each other. Hallelujah. And we can really summarize what Jesus was telling his disciples with one simple statement. That we do not lose anything when we try to amplify or nurture the life of others. As someone said that a candle does not lose uh, anything, does not lose its value of being a candle if it lights every other candle around around itself. And that is the truth. So, so much God has loved us. To whom much is given, much is expected. God has given us love and he wants us to be a distributor of love. It's not just receiving the love and holding it to yourself. It's not just being a storehouse. No. He wants us to be givers of, of love. And there is something magical when we no longer think of just me, I, and myself, but we want to be able to think about others and how I can improve the life or improve the relationship or the life of the people around us. And Jesus is telling the disciples, I want you to do that something extra. Give that love. Not because you have to, but because you can. Hallelujah. Not because somebody is compelling you to, but in reality, God has endowed us with this love. He has endowed us with the ability to build people. He has endowed us with the ability to be able to give. It's no longer where, what is in it for me, but what can I give? And the truth is, there's no way you can put someone in the water that the, the, the residues or the ripples of that water is not going to splash on you. And we've said it a lot that it's okay to give without loving, but when the love of God is in our heart, it automatically springs forth in giving. And Jesus is saying to the disciples, I have given you love. Understand your place, but let this love, let it ripple, let it spread wide. Be that banner of love, be that carrier of love. Wherever you are, whether in the family, in your place of work, let love be that symbol. Let be my representative, be my ambassador. And if there is anything about Jesus, it's about the Father's love. It's about building up his disciples. And he's saying, go forth and bear much fruit. Hallelujah. And really, as we draw this month to a close, there are seven keys that, by the grace of God, we want to look at. Um, like Pastor was saying last Sunday, now that you are married, now that you have those friends around you, you have those family members, how can we build up one another? How, what keys, what can we employ to make sure that we are not just going through the motion of the family, that we are not just going through the motion of this relationship, we are not just trying to tick a box, but making sure that every day we are taking, in capital letter, intentional efforts. We are being intentional in making sure that this has to work. This marriage. Because like we've said, marriage is for life. Hallelujah. 
Marriage is for life. And I often say that everything and anything can grow if we give it time to grow. Everything grows with time. The opposite is true. Everything and anything can die with time. A water that refuses to flow, over time it will become stale. Hallelujah. Even finances, like Dr. Shala was saying, keep money in your savings account and just leave it there. Over time, that money is going to depreciate because inflation is going to eat into it. Everything has the potential to grow. Everything has the potential to decay. And that is why our thinking, our commitment, our focus should be upward. Of course, it's not going to be linear. No. There may be peaks. There may be troughs. But even when we fail, we're going to fail forward. Hallelujah. Even when hiccups do happen, we're going to look at those hiccups through the lenses of God and make sure that as we try to go on conflict resolution, as we communicate within that home, we want to make sure that it's all progressive. Hallelujah. Let's pick the first one there, love. Love. Uh, most times when we talk about love, people talk about infatuations, it's about feeling, but love is not feeling. Um, you, you, you heard it a lot, they said, um, I fell in love. Okay? You fell in love. Um, love is blind. Oh, of course, love is not blind. I often say, love is open eyes. Uh, because if you go into any commitment blindly, uh, there is a danger for that to fall apart. Uh, but the love we are talking about is the agape love. The unconditional love. And like I mentioned, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave. It's possible that God loved the world and then he sent somebody else. Or decided not to do anything. You're just saying, I love you. It's not enough. Love, intentional love, will prompt us to give. And the heart of true love is about giving. And when you look at the biblical template for love, First uh, Corinthians chapter 13 from verse 4 to 8, you can see the, uh, the, the virtues of love, the, the core ingredients of love, what we call the barometer or the um, indicators of what this true love should be. Paul started telling the church in Corinth that this love is patient. If it's going to take 20 years for this marriage to work, I will be patient. Yeah, I will be patient with you. If it's going to take 20 years for you to see that we have to invest in XYZ project and not ABC project, I will be patient. This love is kind. Kind in the little things. It's not in the big things. No, this love is kind. This love does not envy, does not boast, is not proud. This love does not dishonor others. It's not a love that is self-seeking. It's not a love that is easily angered. It does not keep records of wrongs. And I will come to that in a minute. This love does not delight in evil. This love rejoices with truth. Hallelujah. The truth that is resident in the word of God. The truth that uses the word of God, the Bible as a template. Not a truth that is based on uh, family tradition. Not a truth that is based on your own prenomination of what uh, life should be. No. It's the truth uh, that has its base in the word of God. This love always protects. This love always trusts, always hope. This love always perseveres. And above all, this love never fails. Hallelujah. No matter the storm, 
no matter the hiccups, money or no money, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, this law never what? Fails. It says this love does not keep a record of wrong. This love forgives. Forgiveness is one of the greatest blessings we can extend to anyone and everyone. Psalm chapter 31 verse 1 says, Freely. It says, Blessed is the person whose transgression is, is, is forgiven. Blessed. There's a blessing that comes when we forgive. There's a blessing that comes when we don't have um, a, an, an accumulator that accumulates the wrong. You look at marriages and they say, oh, oh, you did this X, Y, Z. Why am I doing this? And someone said that forgiveness is surrendering my right to hurt you for hurting me. Hallelujah. Forgiveness is me saying, even though, yes, I think you've done something bad, but I'm going to give that up because why? God has forgiven me. And because Jesus has forgiven me, I'm able to extend that forgiveness to others. Someone said that to be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable. Why? Because God has forgiven us the inexcusable. To be a Christian is to forgive the inexcusable. Why? Because God has forgiven us the inexcusable. You know, people often say that, oh, I want to get married because what? Marriage will make me happy. Marriage will not make you happy. Hallelujah. And I think Pastor touched on that. Marriage will only intensify or reveal what is in you. If you are a loving person, marriage will magnify that. If you're an unhappy person, marriage again will we amplify that. But the truth is, if the love of Christ is in us, that love will eradicate every pillar or every depth of unforgiveness. The lack of forgiveness in homes, in relationships, only end up in bringing barriers to that relationship. And those barriers hinders and impedes the, the growth of that family. Once we refuse to forgive, we build a wall. The relationship becomes static. Intimacy cannot progress when there is that pillar, stronghold of unforgiveness in the home. Trust then is undermined. As long as you and I choose to hold the past over someone's head, we are choosing to forfeit any opportunity for a, deep, a deeper relationship. And the first word that God is bringing to us is, for us to build up our partners, for us to build up our own, then we must be committed to wanting to forgive. Anytime, anywhere, we must be committed to say, because we are one, we are no longer two entities, two individuals. Forgiveness should be amongst us. It should grow. You know, First uh, Peter 4 verse 8 says, above all things, it says, for perfect love, Perfect love. Have fervent love for one another. He said, for what? Love covers a multitude of sins. Love is a powerful weapon that when implemented in our homes, it brings growth. It enhances the harmony, the intimacy within us and, and our partner. And I'm praying that even this morning, that love would grow. Hallelujah. We'll be committed to saying, how is this love in our home? How is it being nourished? And we'll be committed to it to say, we're going to give our best, even in the little things of life. And the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. The next point very quickly is faith. 
And most times when we talk about faith in a Christian setting, we'll, is a faith to God, uh, um, is having, he that comes to God must believe that he is and is a rewarder of those who trust him, which is the, the, the vertical, the vertical faith. But this faith I'm talking about is the horizontal faith. It's about believing the best in people and for people. Hallelujah. Believing the best in people. At times, because of how we grew up, because of our own upbringing, it's always easy to see the worst in people. It's almost always easy to see the imperfection in people. It's always easy to say, oh, if I'm the one doing this, then I would have done it better. But faith in the, in the relationship is believing more for your, for your partner, for your wife, than they will believe for themselves. Is treating them not as they are, but as they can be. Is looking at them through the lenses of God. Is seeing them as God has created them and the potential that is encapsulated within them. Faith itself is not amplifying the, the, the bad behavior. No, it's helping them to correct those behaviors in a gradual progressive way while saying, I think you can be more. I think you can be better. It's having that confidence to say, I trust you to do more. I trust you to be more. I trust you to believe more. I trust you to be more resilient. First Corinthians 13 verse 7 says, If you love someone, you'll be loyal to him or her, no matter what the cost. You will always believe in that person. You will always expect the best for that person. And you will always stand your ground in defending that person. That is the faith we're talking about. The faith within the home. Making sure that, you know what, I trust you. I can count on you. No matter what. You know, when you read Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 to 18, Paul again saying, he says, that in Christ, a veil is taken away so that we can see Jesus as he really is. So that we can see our partner for who they are. Not for the shortcomings. Not for the temporary mistakes. That we don't apply a permanent judgmental attitude on a, on a temporary problem or a temporary mistake. Hallelujah. That we believe that even though this is a transition, it will pass. And believing that they can be better, you can be better. And like I said, everything has the potential to grow with time. And faith is believing for them that yes, this has happened, but we can grow. And the truth is, when we have faith on our last partner, when we have faith for people, it encourages, it brings courage. Because what you're saying is, I have faith in you, I'm giving you the courage to be better. I'm putting my hand around your shoulder. The courage for you to stand on, the courage to be able to face obstacles, the courage for you to be able to navigate through the impossibilities. But most importantly, having faith in your life partner, now having faith in people is you telling them i believe that you can't see a new way even in these differences that we may have faith having faith in people means i trust you amen do you trust your friends do you trust your wife do you trust your children and i pray god will help us in jesus name
You know, the next one is interest. And I think this has always been a, a bottleneck in relationship. Yeah. Um, thank God for my wonderful wife. I'm really, really blessed with two wonderful children. Um, amen. And, um, I mean, I remember when I was a single man, I have control over the remote control. I'm talking about the television now. Okay? Um, and then you get married, and then you come, the football is about to start, but there's a TV program that's about to start. Okay? And at times it may be the danger of who gets holds of the remote control. I don't know if I'm alone. Uh, I can see Pastor Jeff smiling. Uh, hallelujah. But really, what God is telling us is, have interest in your partner. Value what they value. Be interested in what they, what they are interested in. Not in a caricature manner. Uh, I've had to sit down in the living room and watch some programs, what's going on, but I want to be involved in the conversation. Yeah. Value what they value. Yeah. Um, when is Valentine? And there's okay, you want to fulfill righteousness and you buy uh, flowers, you get card. What? Do your life part, what do they actually value? My missus will say flower. Mm-mm. Yes. Because remember, no two marriages are the same. You can pick best practices from people, you can pick good examples from people, but the execution, people like different things. And you have to show interest in them. Philippians 2 3 to 4 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain consent. He said, rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of the other. And the truth is, people are interested in those who are interested in them. And within the home, you must, as a man, as a woman, express that attitude that I'm actually interested in you. It's not a case of, oh, how are you today? Fine. And you go on. No. How are you today? How was work? And your partner is saying, okay, there is a project going on. Show interest. Hallelujah. Like I mentioned, your wife wants to grow. Your husband wants to grow. Show interest to say, how can I help you grow? And, and like, we've always said it a lot in, in, in church. Even if you are in the home as a man and you are the fire brown, the tongue speaking, you have all the anointing and everything, it's fantastic. But your interest should be then, how do you, how can I be interested in making sure that I can cultivate and we can grow together? Hallelujah. Show interest. Value what your wife values. And the more interested interest we show in our life partner, the more interest they will show in us. It's, it's, it's bi-directional. It's a two-way street. And I pray God will help us in Jesus' name. The next thing is, be available. Availability. Make room for others. You know, uh, something happened in the office um, during the week. Yeah, I have my very next door uh, colleague. Um, so we, we, we had a hello in the morning and then we went to the office. And then a few minutes later, my Zoom computer, this, the app on the, on the computer was ringing, the Zoom. And he was calling a video call. I said, who is calling? Apparently, he's the one calling on, on Zoom. We're next door neighbor and we're actually having this conversation and we can hear each other. Because it's just from one room to the other, we are there, but we're actually on, on the, on the, on the computer. And we are in a world where because of technology, because of gadgets, we can get to a world where we are all so isolated from each other. We are so disconnected that we can be in the same room, the same house and be talking to each other via the mobile phone. It's okay to say, oh, I love you. 
But love has to be amplified or executed by being available. Be there. Hallelujah. Be there. Be physically there. It's possible you are still in the living room, but your brain is wired. You're thinking of what's going to happen at work the next day, or you're thinking about what you're going to do. Oh, school runs, school is starting on Monday. Be available. Availability will help you to be, to understand and be able to have that emotional intelligence of what is actually happening in the now. Be available. Don't just get yourself disconnected so much that you don't even, you cannot see those red flags that this person is actually going through challenges. Galatians 6 verse 2 said, carry each other's burden and in this way you will fulfill, you will fulfill the, the, the law of Christ. Deep and lasting bond grow between people who walk through the valley together. Be available. But stay through the course. Don't allow Twitter. Uh, you sit in the living room and everybody's head is down. We are in a generation where every head is down. Have a time for your family. You know, it's easy for us to plan our calendar. For myself, I look at my work calendar and everything is mapped out. Monday I'm doing that, Tuesday I'm doing that. The entire 9 to 5 is mapped out. But we don't have even that availability time for our families. That we won't even get home, the phone is always there. And I, when I tell my friend, they say, well, I've been calling you. I say, well, the phone, the phone is upstairs. Because when I come to the house, we know that there's a time for the family. I want to be available. I want to share with the children. What did you learn at school? It's not just what you learn at school. Was there an activity, for example? If your missus is at home that day and she didn't go to work, what happened at home? Be available to, to get to know the integrities of the things that happen. Is there something that needs an action? Make sure that that availability is physical, is pronounced, is real. It's not something that is cajoled. Hallelujah. And the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. And then the fifth one is respect. Respect. It's wanting for you to believe in your life partner. It's wanting to believe the best for them. It's wanting for you to see the potential in them. It's wanting for you to be available. But I think it's another thing for you to demonstrate that value which is respect. And I think we are touching on it during, the, uh, during the, the Sunday school recap. The truth is, every one of us, we are unique. Respect will tell that we also respect the boundaries of our partners. So for example, there are times I get to the house and my missus knows straight away, this guy just wants to have dinner and just go to bed. Hallelujah. Respect will tell that you, 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 you respect that zone or that time zone oh blah 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 blah. you want to go on and on and on and on and on and on it's going to fall on deaf ear it's mutual respect it's a two-way street hallelujah respect has to be a two-way street it's you declaring that in this marriage i value you i value what you stand for i will honor you and when there is respect in the home it will eliminate the need for being different we are one and the same person. And I respect you. The respect for you will take away every fear. To say, oh, uh, now that he's here, oh, the, 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 the tiger is here. No. Because respect will eliminate that. Respect will help to uphold even the boundaries like I've touched on in the relationship. If somebody needs to have a meal time, take the children away. Let her, let him. Just that five minutes, that ten minutes. Respect those boundaries. If somebody says, I don't like horror movies. 
He said, oh, since I was born, I've always watched horror movies. So I will watch horror movies. It's no longer I. Respect those boundaries. Respect in the home will show that we are on the same team. You know, when crisis happens and there is conflict in the home, it's as if we are opposition team. And this one wants to win. I want to win. You want to win an argument. I want to win an argument. Remember, we are in the same team and we are working for the same purpose. We are striving together to build a home together. And if the home prospers, we prosper together. If the marriage falls apart, we, we and I, we fail together. We stand together and we fail together. Respect in the home will help to strengthen the friendship bond. We were first friends before we became husband and wife. That friendship bond has to be there. To maintain that friendship, that relation amongst ourselves. Respect has to be an action word, not just a feeling. Not just something we say. There has to be those actions. And you have to discuss amongst yourselves. Have I demonstrated respect today? And Paul said to the church in Romans, he said, give honor and respect to all those that it is due. You know, it's easy to respect our pastors, to respect government, than to respect our wives or to respect our husbands. And God is saying, demonstrate respect in the home. And I pray that God will help us richly in Jesus' name. Amen. And then is a time, uh, because of our time, we'll, we'll try to run very quickly. Value time. Value time. And I think um, it's always a cultural issue where we feel that we can't mismanage our time. Time is precious. The way we use our time is a measure of what we really value. Ecclesiastes 3 1 says, There is time for everything and a season for everything under the, under the sun. Uh, Ephesians 5 15 to 16 said, Be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. Some translation said, redeeming the time. We have to value time in the relationship. The time we spend together, prioritize those time. And I'm not just saying the physical 24 hour or the seconds or the minutes. Even the time within your heart that is devoted to nourishing that home. Don't waste people's time. Don't waste your friend's time. Um, I, I know we, 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 we are in a day and age where um, there is church here, there is church here, there is church here. It's possible we spend 24 hours in church. Amen. But there has to be a time that is dedicated for the home. In that time, let there be value for that time. Hallelujah. Create value in that time. If you're going to watch a movie together, let that movie, let it bring value. Let it bring that notion that it's about building, it's about growing. Have a, a calendar and say this, in this calendar, it is called family time. Let it be there. Our family time, we are going on a date. Hallelujah. Our brothers, a date time. Amen. Where we say, just you and I. You know, um, I read something during, during the week that um, actually struck my heart. There is the danger for us to uh, wanting to uh, train the wife and then love our children. Hallelujah. We should love our wife and train our children. That love will demand that we create a time within that home where is the time for just you and I as a couple. Where we can discuss and be friends and be vulnerable to each other. Where we can enjoy wonderful experiences. And that is why even if the weather is nice, be creative, be dynamic and do something, um, something wonderful. The value of a relationship is directly proportional to the time that you invest in that, in that relationship. Hallelujah. Every second matter. 
And every little time that you spend, it will help that relationship to grow. And very lastly, communication. 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 Um, whether you are a doctor, you are an engineer, you whatever field you are, you have to be a good communicator to progress in your career. But the truth is, of everything that we've mentioned today, communication is the lifeline of any relationship. You must learn to talk, but most importantly, you must learn to listen. The psalmist said, twice as, uh, once has he spoken, twice have I heard. Why do you have to hear twice? Because most times as people, we listen to wanting to reply, not actually listening to, to understand. But God is telling us for that relationship to grow, for us to build up, we have to make sure that we listen. If I imagine your wife talking to you and say, okay, what, did, what was the last word again? Um, no. Hallelujah. And Jesus was talking to his disciples and he said, he who has ears, let him hear. Jesus wasn't saying that these people don't have physical ear. They do have physical ear. But he's talking about the spiritual, the intellectual, uh, the, something beyond the physical. Where you take time to understand. If you don't understand or you didn't hear it properly, say, please come again. Make sure that you understand so that there is no communication gap in the home. There is no confusion between uh, what you said and what you think you've said. There's always that difference. Confusion on interpretation. And most times, it's just that misinterpretation. Your wife is talking to you. Your husband is talking to you. And we have these uh, filters within us where because of where we're coming from, because of our experiences, we tend to misinterpret what the person is actually saying. And this brings confusion and lack of clarity in the home. Ephesians 4.29 said, Do not let any unwholesome... Uh, Amplify said, any foul, profound, worthless, vulgar words come out of your mouth. He said, but only words or speech that is good for building up others according to the need and the occasion so that it will be a blessing to those who hear you speak. The communication, let what, and people will say, oh, I'm going to give this person a piece of my mind. Those words, those words edify. Our words should give life. Our words should uphold. Our words should nurture. Our words should help to build up. It should not help to bring down. You say, oh, I've said a piece of my mind. I am now relieved. But how much good is that doing to the family? How much good is it doing to the overall building up or overall growth of that, of that union? And God is telling us that we should avoid this obstacle because it's one of the biggest problems in homes when it comes to communication about finances. Most times we want to speak in riddles and idioms. Riddles and idioms are not made for marriages. Hallelujah. Riddles and idioms are for academics writing. When it comes to the home, if it is Yoruba that you will use to break it down, make sure you simplify the communication. If you have to use English, make sure that it is clear on what is it that you're saying or what is it that you're trying to do. At times when the outcomes arrive, people say, oh, you didn't tell me about it. He said, oh, but we discussed it two weeks ago. He said, I didn't hear, I didn't understand. Make sure that there's a clear communication. If, uh, like uh, my wife will always do, if there are actions that need to be done, we have a, there's a board there, it's written down, everybody can see it. It's there, ABC, we know when it's done, we put a timeline on it. It has to be smart in our communication. 
And I pray that God will help us in the name of Jesus. God wants us to grow. He wants our homes to grow. He wants us to build up. He wants us to be committed in building up our own. And these keys that we've presented this afternoon will help us, whether it is love, it is faith, whether it is being available, whether it is uh, creating time or communicating properly. Um, and if we do the hard work, if we are disciplined, we are intentional, in making sure that every little help, every little effort, we are feeding that relationship. We put in fertilizer to make sure that the relationship grow. Uh, we put in those efforts. They will in turn help those relationships to become stronger, to be able to withstand even the greatest of storm, even storm units. Storm units cannot put on a relationship that is bent on being built in the upward direction. A healthy relationship is very hard to lose. A healthy relationship cannot break when both parties are committed in making sure that the relationship grow. And I pray that God will help us richly in the name of Jesus. Amen. We're going to be praying. Perhaps we've mentioned a few items today and you're saying, God, help my own. Um, I read a story in the week about the incident that happened between a father and his son. The son squandered a lot of money and the father was really, really angry and the father was thinking about the punishment for the son. The next day, the son disappeared, totally disappeared from, from the home. And a couple of weeks later, the parents were really worried, um, went through the, the city, the town, looking for this young man. Where has he gone? For to no avail. And the father got a fantastic idea. He said, okay, I will go to the local newspapers, um, print on the headline, I'm going to pay the money. And he wrote on there, Alonso, please come back home. All your sins are forgiven. That was just the headline. And that was published. Meet me by noon on this publishing house and everything is forgiven. Lo and behold, on that day, more than 400 people bearing Alonso showed up for their sins to be forgiven. Everyone around us is looking for forgiveness. Everyone among us is looking for someone who will just accept them for who they are without any judgment, without any sentiment. We are those Alonsos, even as we pray this afternoon. Father, we thank you that you've forgiven us. In turn, we extend that forgiveness around us, to our friends, to our colleagues at the place of work. Help the love in our homes to grow. Help the faith that we have, the trust that we have for our partner, for our husbands. We trust you that you'll be transparent. We trust you that you'll be a person of integrity. I trust you that you'll be a person of your word. I trust you that your yes is yes and your no is no. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that I will be available for my children. I will not be a distant father or a distant husband. I will not be physically there, but spiritually isolated or disconnected. Help us, O oh God, to optimize the value that we place on time. Optimize the value we place in communication. Help us to communicate properly. Help us to be able to express ourselves, to communicate, to be vulnerable, to be able to discuss amongst ourselves. And we are praying, help us to build up and not build down. Help us to build up and not destroy. Our words will not bring destruction. Our actions will not bring destruction in the name of Jesus. Perhaps there is someone that is listening to us this afternoon and you've not
make the Lord your personal Lord and Savior. Why not just pray and say, Father, come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I know all this that we have said. The word of God said, by strength shall no man prevail. We pray in the name of Jesus. Help us to build a godly home. Help us to build godly relationships. In the name of Jesus. And there will be a link on the screen for those watching online. Please do get in touch with us uh, because we want to support you even as we all grow together. Because at the end of the day, we are all in this together. When relationships are grown up and they are flourishing in the church, it will ripple to the community and to the world and there will be a better society for all. There will be a better place for everyone to live in. Father, we thank you, Jesus. Be thou exalted, Lord, for in Jesus' mighty name we